powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome to Game Over Cat. Wait, that's not it. Game Over Vet. That's not it either. Game Over at Game Over Trade Deadline. What's going on? This is the biggest Game Over crossover. Game Over crossover. That sounds horrible, but Game Over crossover event ever. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this one. My name is Audie James. Joining me is our main panel of very talented uh, Game Over guests or hosts. Sorry. Not guests. <laughs> we are very much hosts. Um, we've got Kaya on the on uh, on the panel here on the right here for uh, or from Game Over Vancouver. We have Lauren on my left from Game Over Toronto, and of course on my left as well is Avery from Game Over Edmonton. How's it going, everybody? This is the first time we've ever all been on a stream together. I can't be more excited. How are we all doing? Um. Well, the trade deadline took a lot of energy out of us. Don't but sound so enthused. <laughs> Holy it's are... over. I had a great week, guys. I had a great okay, week. Okay, okay. We yeah, gotta, of course you we did. Gotta... We're, we're going to get into all of it. I'm sure you did. I'm sure uh, Avery's not too uh, disappointed either. Um, but before we get into that, guys, want to bet? That's that you. You can answer that if you yeah. Want. yeah. They did it. Yeah. <laughs> as if we don't. As if we don't watch SDP or listen to SDP. Uh, then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The Boys of Summer are back on the diamond, and March Madness is on deck. But pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. Or if you're in uh, the beautiful province of Ontario, the motherland, uh, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. Nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. And if you but you or anybody you know has any problems with gambling, please be sure to reach out. Uh, there are some resources in the show notes for you to uh, go over those. And there's some resources there for help. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different than our typical game over streams. We're not covering a particular game. We're going to be covering a lot, but we're not going to be covering any uh, particular teams. This or particular games. This is uh, this has been a trade deadline season we'll call it for the ages i think i think we can all nod our heads and agree on that yeah it's been pretty damn interesting it's been pretty damn <laughs> fun uh unless you're like myself and cover the calgary flames um but yeah there was a, a lot of big moves today it was a little quieter but a lot of the lead up was uh was what i was looking forward to i'm gonna start with avery just quickly um thoughts on the season as a whole that the whole trade deadline uh lead up and and the trade season you know, I'm not surprised the days prior were a bit active. It was fun seeing the chaos of other trades happen. Of course, you know, happy to see guys like Duke's dad, McKeith Ekholm, the Edmonton Oilers. It was mm -hmm. funny, though, seeing the drama with the Jonathan Quick deal because was he going to go to Columbus? Hell no, he wasn't. <laughs> like, just <laughs> like just seeing that whole fallout of Columbus now and being a Vegas Golden Knight, him being powered by Spite, I think it would be very funny to see in Vegas now. But seeing today being pretty quiet, didn't shock me at all. Like we really get days in which actual trade deadline day is active. So this being a day of pretty much a snoozer didn't shock mm -hmm. me too much, Adi. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was a snooze fest, especially like I said, if you're a Calgary Flames fan or someone who covers this team, you know it all too well. And uh, people who don't are on the opposite end of that spectrum are uh, our good friends over in Toronto. Lauren, how are you feeling? Like this has been uh, quite the time if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan or like yourself, someone who covers this team. Well, I mean, Audie, are you saying that Dryden Hunt is not the solution to every single one of the Flames' problems? Because how dare you? <laughs> um, listen, it's been a busy couple of weeks for the Leafs. It was it came out with a bit of a putter at the end of the trade deadline today. But, you know, everybody that's ever been on hockey Twitter knows that the last four days, essentially, has just been 
a Rolodex of of tweets coming through about the Leafs. And it's been very exciting. It's it was obviously the first game after the all of the trades were made was a shaky loss against uh <clears throat> An awful team in in Alberta, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but then they have a great redemption game, and it, it looks like they're turning the corner on it, and maybe they're starting to build some chemistry. So, fingers crossed that uh, the <laughs> domination of Toronto is slowly coming back to haunt all of your nightmares. I think you got the Alberta teams mixed up there. I uh, <laughs> I know you y'all y'all fumbled the bag there with Edmonton, but uh, you had your way with the Calgary Flames, and we'll uh, yeah we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, Kaya. Kaya, um, we are going to uh, go to you quickly here and uh, just tell us in, in Vancouver land what, uh, what, uh, what, what you're feeling. Well, in Vancouver land, the trade deadline kind of started early for us on the All-Star break. You know, Horvat being traded to the Islanders mm-hmm. um, and that whole shebang that happened. Um, not a lot happened until the 25th. We get Vitaly Kravtsov for Lockwood um, from the Rangers. We get rid of Riley Stillman, which was a breath of fresh air for a lot of Canucks Twitter, I'm not going to lie. Um, then, obviously, Luke Shen to the Leafs, which was very sad for me, but... Um, Thank hope- you. Yeah, like, ho- okay, <laughs> just continue the passion, you know? Um, the and passion. then... You, you, they looked like they were trying to like make some rebuilding type moves, even though you know it was announced they're doing a retool, not a rebuild. Um, but then they go and they trade the first they got for Horvat, they trade the second for Philip Ronick and a fourth for Detroit, which was like, and it's 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 still uh dividing the fan bases. Curtis Azar was the only move today, aside from uh one AHLer. Uh, AHL contract off the books. Um, aside from that, the Canucks, there were a lot of rumors swirling around for the last week or so, uh, specifically with Pittsburgh, but in the end, nothing seemed to have worked out. So, yeah. So here we fun. are. Yeah, here yeah. we are. It, and and look, everybody watching, we're only scratching the surface as to what we're going to break down today. Uh, you see us on your screen right now. This is going to be the main panel. We have segments. I've seen people in the, ch- in the chat. I see uh, producer Rob in there telling telling everybody, reminding everybody about our segments coming up. Uh, this is not it. We don't. This is not everybody that's going to be on uh, the old game over trade deadline um, stream today. So we're going to have some segments coming up. We're going to segue into one of those right away. Uh, we're going to be bringing on. Well, Kai is going to stay on. I'll be with you here. We're going to bring in Mark from Game Over Montreal. We're going to talk about the sellers table and bring up a little bit uh, with the Montreal Canadiens and the Vancouver Canucks to see if they're uh, how they did. We'll talk a little bit about the Flames as well. Um, but that segment is going to be coming up next. We're going to uh, throw it over to myself, Mark, and Kaya. All right, here we are. We are back with the sellers table, the unfortunate side that, well, maybe not unfortunate. depends on how you look at it. From a Flames perspective, the unfortunate side, we're going to... Uh, <laughs> Get into it as well uh, with myself, Kaya, and Mark from Game Over Montreal. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm loving the the West Coast games and then the trade deadline. And um, sleep is is but a concept at this point. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know what for you in the East, because you, you had a late one last night. No, was it? Last yeah, absolutely. Night? But then I, I'm realizing how in the East we get it pretty good most of the time, and the few yeah. times we don't, boy, do we get upset about it. Boy, do we get upset. But yeah, it was a <laughs> sleepy day in Montreal for more reasons than one, unfortunately. Yeah, let's. Uh, you know what? We'll start with you, Mark. Let's 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 get your perspective here on the moves the Montreal Canadiens made, or the lack thereof, or whatever whatever they were doing over there in mm-hmm. uh, in Montreal. 
Uh, give us your two cents. Break it down for us. Tell us uh, what you think and and maybe the direction the Habs are kind of going in to finish the season off. Well, right now, obviously, Twitter's, you know, it's just serenity. Everyone's peaceful. No one's fighting. But th- there there are two camps. So there's this side that are disappointed with the deadline. And, and I understand here because from an asset management standpoint, coming into the year, there was a lot more hope for, uh, you know, decent returns. However... The reality is the Montreal Canadiens dealt with injuries all year long, and their main trade pieces, Joel Edmondson and Sean Monaghan, were also injured. So, you know, it's fair to be disappointed, but at the same time, the context kind of dictated that there wasn't much that was going to happen. Now, we just heard that there was a deal in place for Joel Edmondson. Um, We don't know what the return would have been, but that I find is disappointing Mm -hmm. by Ken Hughes. He mentioned leadership's important, and it is. But so is asset management, and so is cap space. So they could have liberated some cap space there. But uh, overall, biggest deal was Gurionov, and that looks like it might work out for the Canadians. So sleepy with a slight potential for excitement. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good way to look at it because, like you said, people on Twitter, and you know, I'm one of those people in Calgary Flames land. I'm sure Flames fans, if you're watching, you know that I uh, I'm a little vocal about uh, Brad Living and, and company uh, being sleepy on a day like today. Uh, but it's important that you're you're putting a positive spin on it. it there there are some the, some shining spots, some good spots to uh, to kind of look at and uh, and maintain a bit of a more positive um, outlook there. Uh, yeah, I was I mean, really... His hands were handcuffed, right? That's yeah. the issue with Ken Hughes was that everything was handcuffed. So the big deals were done in the summer and the Habs will be active at the draft. That's more or less what you should look for. I was, I was from a flame standpoint, uh, obviously there was a little bit of trade history there going back to uh, right before the Nazem Kadri. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of trade history there, but I, but to, to keep it uh, close to, to this year, um, just prior to Nazem Kadri signing with the Calgary flames with Sean Monaghan getting shipped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the loving Sean Monaghan side of me was really hoping that possibly if he wasn't hurt and we know that he's battled through injuries, even through his time here in Calgary, um, if he wasn't hurt, maybe the, the Habs would flip him to a contender and yeah. you'd think that the hall would be, you know, pretty decent centers like Sean Monaghan as, as productive as he is and as hard as he works, don't grow on trees. Uh, but the jealous side of me wanted, wanted me to see the Habs flip him to a contender to see if he would, uh, go on a bit of a run. Yeah, and just have, live happily ever after. That's, That's why right. I wanted to see Jonathan Drouin get traded. I just wanted him to go to like you know the greener pastures, not, not put him out the pasture. <laughs> but I wanted to see. Yeah, him, you, you got to be careful how you word that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, just because it's been so, such a rough time. But for him, again, it was uh, apparently cap reasons. So with, with the Canadians, you know, the big deals, like you mentioned earlier, started last year is Tyler Toffoli, right? It's uh, moving um, Ben Sherratt for a first round pick. So. Although house fans are disappointed, and I absolutely understand it. Like, you're allowed to be disappointed. Don't, when people say, ah, you can't have an opinion on that. No, no, forget it. Complain all you want. But you have to keep in mind that this has been about a year and a half project, right? So guys like Jeff Petrie, guys like Brett Kulak, guys like Arturi Lekkinen, um, et cetera, et cetera, have been moved out. And when you consider bringing in a guy like Kirby Doc in the summer, the first they got for Sean Monaghan, mm-hmm. starts to look a little bit better in the grand scheme of things. But the deadline... And um, like my ex-girlfriend would say, it was incredibly disappointing. So I've heard that one before. <laughs> well, you're not disappointing me if it's any consolation. You're 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 bringing a, a bunch of really good insight, and and that's the things we like to see. Um, I guess the the Dadanov. I forget what was the trade for. It was where did he end up? Evgeny Dadanov, fifty percent retained to the Dallas Stars in exchange for Guryanov. Right. That's the Guryanov swap. Okay, because yeah. like. 
it's it's crazy like we talked about it off the top a lot not a lot i guess you could say happened today that was of any significance but everything leading up like i could barely remember the trades that happened on like i'm sure we had trades on monday i don't even know if i don't remember who it was i'm still uh, discovering people on new teams i'm like oh they're they're oh good they went they went with them so yeah 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 no i i feel the exact same way it's uh it's definitely the definition of silly season lots of lots but of it was movement. fun it right? was fun like, it was what you could what we, what you wanted as a hockey fan is this kind of movement we complain every year we say the nba is more fun and it is it's a lot more yep. fun but i feel like the nhl stepped up this year we got stars moving you know, thankfully Arizona exists, so everyone can send their garbage to, 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 to the Coyotes. And and I'm sorry, Coyotes fans, I don't mean to be insulting, but it feels like they're a money laundering scheme at this point. But um, you you had stars move, you had you know good young players like Jacob Chikrin moving and and whatnot. And we'll get into that later. But it was a fun week leading up yep. to the deadline. Yep. No, it definitely was. And uh, even leading up to the deadline, Kai, I'm going to flip it to you. Um, it's funny. I, I saw a comment pop up here. It's like, wait, why are the Canucks on the seller's table? Because the Canucks, it seems like they did a little bit of both. They like they, they they bought, they sold. They're kind yeah. of in this weird little, uh, I, I don't even know what you would call it. Just this weird spot where, you know, everybody thought they were going to be selling. Uh, we're going to talk about it. But JT Miller, uh, Brock Besser, I know you're happy uh, from you're, <laughs> from a jealousy or from a from a from a Canucks fan standpoint. You're happy that they didn't move him. Um, but like recap it, talk to, talk to me. How did you feel? What was your emotion going into it? And, uh, are you all in all, uh, content with what the Canucks did or, or break it down for me from a Canucks standpoint? I was expecting the worst, um, for this trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the management is still kind of gaining their feet under them, um, in Vancouver, considering how new they are and stuff like, and everything like that. Of course, you know, they signed JT Miller and then have to eventually trade Bo Horvat. Their main look should have been to get rid of um, extra cap that they didn't need. I mean, they don't have to sign Bo Horvat to a contract now. They got rid of Curtis Lazar's contract today, which was only $1 million. Um, Luke Shen was only eight fifty. Riley Stillman was uh, $1.35. So that's like the contracts they got rid of. Um, they, aside from the Philip Peronek deal, they bring in Vitaly Kravtsov. It's a young guy, didn't really work out in New York. Um, that's kind of what they were looking for as they try to do the retool. And then they bu- bring in Philip Ronek, um, which, yeah, it's it looked like they were a selling table. It looked like they were a seller team until about Wednesday when they got Philip Ronek in the deal with Detroit. Because yeah. they got rid of their first from New York, the Islanders. They got rid of their second for this year. They're only second for this year. Um they got a fourth in return as well as Philip, but it's like, like, what's the plan here? I guess they they want to have him um, as a right defenseman, potentially with Quinn Hughes. Uh, what does it look for? Is you know, people were saying is Chen a rental for Toronto? Um, I'm not sure. The Canucks. It was a weird trade deadline. Uh, you mentioned the JT Miller failed trade because he, he was injured, and then all of a sudden he's fine to play last night. Um, apparently there was. A deal turned down. Rumor, hundred percent rumored. Not sure at all if this is any truth to it. I want they to believe just, it, just so you know. The, the, yeah, they just was... updated today. No offer for apparently, according to Thomas Thomas Drans. I had one team that reached out for me this morning, and it was not very serious. I never had an offer for JT Miller. That was uh, okay from Patrick Elvin. So yeah, okay, okay. That's but that, but, that but rumored though. Say well, you can at least like yeah, t- tell the people was, what the yeah it was the rumor was. 
for those that don't know, there was a rumor that apparently it was multiple draft picks. Apparently multiple first rounders is what was floating around, but multiple draft picks um, uh, from Pittsburgh, allegedly for JT Miller. And apparently management said, um, no, we want a setter. I want to believe that. I'm telling you right I, now, yeah. I want to believe it's that. It's hard not to with what's going on in Vancouver, right? right? Like, it's, you know, you want to give the benefit of the doubt, but they're the only team at the deadline that's not in a playoff position that didn't acquire picks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, yeah. It, it's, it, it's it's definitely, situation. And, and that's why we're here kind of like, <laughs> respectfully, Kaya, we didn't really know <laughs> which segment to put the Canucks in when we talk about were they sellers, <laughs> were they yeah. buying, are they in limbo? What like it's it's just it's it's a very very and I know you know this. They're, they're I know on Canucks, fire. I know Canucks fans know this. It's a very weird time for the Vancouver Canucks and yeah. to be a Vancouver Canucks fan. Just just riveting stuff. It's been it's been a hell of a storyline. And uh, I mean, I'm sorry for laughing. I'm not. I don't think I'm laughing at you. I think I'm laughing with you. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm laughing at this team always, so it's fine. <laughs> but but it's they're essentially saying that they kind of believe more in this team than other people. Like they don't see themselves as a bottom bottom six team, right? Is that? Is that you said that the other day. He said, "Oh yeah, we're not going to be here for a rebuild. We, um, we will, we can compete in like a few years' time." And I'm like, dude, look around you right now. You're right? the <laughs> like, arguably, he's the only NHL caliber defenseman. Um, that we have currently uh, notice. Sorry for Tyler Myers, but like <laughs> it's it's an odd situation to be in. I know we just got Philip Ronick, but we are so far away from competing. And this is the exact same plan that the old regime had yeah. that they got chased out of town for that. It just there's no hope in Vancouver. It's- it feels like at this point. <laughs> it's one foot in, one foot out, right? And the Montreal Canadiens ran that line for so long when they had Carey Price. Um, you know, a good goalie can mask a lot of issues. But in the NHL, you got to go all in. You know, you crap or get off the pot. That's uh, unfortunately the the lottery system rewards failure. So I'm kind of getting the sense right now. House fans are angry at the deadline. But if it, if they had the deadline that the Canucks had, they, the town would be on fire like it was a Guns N' Roses concert. You know, like it was it would be absolutely bagels would be flying left and right. <laughs> so it could it could be it could always be worse, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's the quote of the day. Bagels could be flying left <laughs> and right. We're only yeah, well, the first segment in and we got we got a front runner for uh, for quote of the day. Yeah, um, but in Montreal, they'd pick. So it's either Saint Viator or Fairmount. So we'd have like it would be separated on size. There's bagel wars. The lines have already <laughs> been drawn. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's that's good stuff. Um, OK, uh, I guess to, to kind of wrap it up from a Canucks perspective and then we'll kind of move on here. Um do you think the Canucks got enough back? Like, did they did they do enough to? I know we're kind of talking about how they bought and sold. Do you think they got enough in return for what they gave up? Um, for what they gave up, I do think they got a decent amount of a return. Like Curtis Azar, obviously fourth liner. Um, Luke Shen, he's a pretty good right D, and also just the Leafs wanted him. Um, Riley Stillman just needed to get rid of him so yeah we'll take josh bloom apparently he was buffalo's like best prospect or something like that he has nice hair i don't know um that's worth it man nice hair is nice hair yeah that's why i that's why i want the Habs to keep josh anderson so yeah (laughs) the all hair Um, team yeah and then kravtsov i think has a lot of upside um Mm -hmm. and also considering he's a part of you know our growing russian uh core i guess you could say um, with Kuzmenko, Podkols, and Mikheyev. Um, with the Horvat deal, I do think we got a decent amount. Because also, if you think about it, 
they never let Horvat's agent talk to any other teams beforehand to discuss an extension. So the fact that we got what we did, considering Beauvillier is working out fine, uh, Ratu is going to probably be in Abbotsford for a while in the AHL, and then the first set we flipped for for Hronik, it's... It's not the best, but I feel like if we traded a big name like Miller, like Besser, like Garland, it wouldn't have worked out the same way. We would have had to offload. We would have had to offload a pick for Garland, maybe for Besser, probably for Miller. We would have had to offload some of these picks. So the fact that, yeah, we're still keeping these players, we can probably move them out at the draft in the summer because we're over the cap for next year, but... It'll be an interesting offseason for the Vancouver Canucks, considering their season will be ending early. We will wrap this up with the quote of the chat, which is Peter Klein, my co-host on Game Over Calgary, saying, The upside now is the Canucks are going to uh, at least have at least a couple months without making a franchise crippling move. So we will wrap it up with that from the Vancouver Canucks. Mark, Kaya, thank you so much. Um, we're going to go back to the panel now, uh, debrief on what we just talked about uh, from the seller's table. Back with uh, the panel here, we, we're so like we're so professional. We're, we're we are the <laughs> panel. I, I love I love how serious we take ourselves here. This is good, uh, Kaya. Thank you for that breakdown of the Canucks. That was awesome. I wanted to get the two cents uh, from some outside perspectives looking in. Obviously, um, that's why we bring the panel back in and loop it back around. Avery, uh, just quickly, your thoughts on the uh, affirm or the stuff we just heard from uh, from Kaya and Mark. You know, I would say on Vancouver, that's a team in which, you know, I look at this team and I think to myself, like, wow, really, what do you, what do you really want to be in terms of, are you a buyer? Are you so like, I'm so confused so in terms of what Vancouver is going to do. Like, I still don't understand what the plan is in terms of a tank or going for it, which I, I personally feel like Vancouver needs to tank because how are you not going to go for a Connor Bedard? A guy from North Vancouver, hometown kid, a guy from your area, you can get, you can revitalize your team and you want to go for it to get a mid-round, first-round pick for a guy who may not play for you? Okay, knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like, you talk about, like, in other sports, you talk about the script. Like, that's the, the mm-hmm. script. It writes itself. The story writes itself. Uh, and, yeah, it, it, it would just make too much sense. And I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, there, there are other teams that are far too poor, far far farther down the list from the Vancouver Canucks, who I don't think are going to show any signs of being any better. Uh, Lauren, any, uh, any thoughts on what you heard from Mark and Kaya there? You know, it's funny. You make a good point, Kaya, about, and, and the whole panel made a really good point about saying whether or not the, the, the Canucks were one foot in or out, which seems to be the problem. Although I will say, it seems like the Canucks have one more foot out the door than the Habs do, who are not doing a very good job of tanking for Bedard. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> because if you look at the standings, there's five teams in between the Habs and 32nd place, right? So mm-hmm. um, obviously it looks like the Habs didn't sell quite as high as they thought they were going to because maybe they think it all they need is a retool and they're that delirious. We can only hope. Um, it seems like it, <laughs> the quote you just said about nobody can make a, a catastrophic trade for the next couple of months. I hope it gives connects just a tiny amount of relief from the stress of the season because it has been far more stressful for you guys than it has for probably any other team in Canada honestly like the Sens were sort of all over the place the Habs were sort of back and forth but saying no the Jets decided that they were playing well this year as well 
And the Canucks were just like, no, no, we're going to stick to our brand and be indecisive. And so far, I mean, we haven't got any new words that new trades have happened. And they managed to get a good return for for Horvat, who's now playing with Toronto legend Pierre Engvall. And uh, I'm, I wonder what, if the Canucks would have gotten more if they had held up for him. Or maybe they would have ended up getting fleeced and getting even less. So, I mean, it's easy to look back and say, well, they could have gotten more for that. But. As we all know, the longer you leave it, the less you're going to get what you're wanting. So, absolutely, yeah, it's uh, definitely that it's an awkward spot to be in. And I'm sorry, Kaya, we're not picking on you, but we're kind of picking on you. Okay. Uh, if it were Clay instead of you, we'd be picking on Clay. But uh, <laughs> sorry, that's ten Clay, ten Clay. Um, Clay's Menko. Good, yeah, <laughs> great stuff, everybody. That was uh, that was awesome. Okay, we are going to quickly uh, switch over here. We're going to talk about the teams in limbo, uh, and that includes my Calgary Flames, the Ottawa Senators, and the Winnipeg Jets. I'll bring Brady and Charlie, or yeah, Brady and Charlie, in to discuss that in moments. All right, we are back now with Brady and Charlie. We're uh, yeah, welcome, by the way. I forgot that you guys haven't been introduced yet. Brady, obviously, <laughs> uh, host of Game Over Winnipeg with Liss and Charlie, uh, host of Game Over Ottawa with Maud as well. Okay, uh, I wanted to take care of some housekeeping before we go any further. Just so everybody knows in the chat, this is a two-hour stream. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be cutting in and out between segments, but rest assured, we are going to be continuing uh, for the next hour and a half. So we have a lot of time. Don't go anywhere. Uh, grab a snack. Grab a drink. Um, head to Sports Interaction and and get in on all the fun stuff over there uh, while you wait. And uh, and we're gonna hit on everything uh, game over related here. Okay, guys, I don't want to beat around it anymore. Um, the, th- the reason the three of us are here is an unfortunate uh, in limbo phase between the uh, three teams that we choose to cover for uh, SDPN. Um, and I kind of want to start. I'm going to pick on Brady. I want I want to pick on you because <laughs> yeah. what's going on in Winnipeg, man? What the uh, like? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. One move. Was it just the Niederreiter trade? No, it was two. We added. We also traded for uh, Vlad Nemesnikov today. Right. Saw that. Uh, like a, a 2025 fifth for him. So, you know, big, big trade, big deal. Um, yeah, the, the jets are, are such an interesting team. Uh, I, I think the way to describe them most would be, uh, just kind of a roller coaster since I mean, even since last year, I mean, we all know kind of what happened in the off season with all the, uh, quotes coming out about Dubois wanting to leave the team Shifley being like, Oh, I'm not sure where my, my future is, uh, and had us all kind of speculating, you know, what's, What's going to happen this year? Uh, they ended up sticking with it and uh, and much to their success. I mean, the first few months of the season, they were one of the best teams in the league. And over the last two months, uh, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, they've been so up and down and it just seems like they can't really figure out what's going on uh, and how to fix it. Um, but the main thing when looking at the trade deadline, like the the additions of Vlad Nemestikov and Nino Niederreiter, while they definitely make the team better, it's kind of a half measure. Like looking at the Jets right now, the 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 biggest issue they've had, surprisingly, uh, is they can't score. Uh, obviously, with Connor Hellebuck in behind, he is you know an absolute wall for the team, and uh, the Jets are actually doing well to create chances uh, and limit chances. They're just not scoring. So uh, you know, my hope was that they were. Gonna gonna finally, you know, put push the chips in. Uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff was hopefully gonna, you know, shed the tag of being this patient guy who doesn't do a move, and uh, and then we see him go out and just do some bargain shopping. I mean, 
uh, it's really frustrating, uh, especially when you hear after that JVR, a scoring winger, something that uh, the Jets really needed. uh, Wasn't he like Chuck Fletcher didn't even get a fourth round offer for him. Uh, and and the Jets traded a fourth for Vlad Nemesnikov. So, um, so yeah, I mean the the Jets are just kind of flailing in the wind right now. Um, the the trades they've made here do make them a better team, but how much better is it going to be? Is it worth uh you know adding, especially with the kind of window that they have going right now, where uh they've only got a year and a bit to make something happen with you know Hellebuck under contract for until next year. Dubois under contract until this year and then probably qualified for next year. And then he becomes a UFA Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, all these guys. So uh, the time was now, and uh, it just seemed like Je- Kevin shovel day off decided to, uh, you know, take the Kevin shovel day off as every uh, everyone will joke in Winnipeg. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I, I actually, I'm going to add to, uh, to the puns. It was, uh, Oh God, I can't remember who it was. Uh <laughs> It was about the Calgary Flames. And <laughs> basically the joke was uh if you're not tri living, you're tri dying or something like that. <laughs> because the flames were pretty much uh like we're like the, the topic or like the title of this uh segment was in limbo for the first little bit there. Um excellent analysis. You you're very well spoken, good stuff. Um uh and yeah, I think I think a lot of Jets fans will echo um your frustration because the jets have kind of like you said they, they they started hot they've been slipping lately uh maybe didn't address the needs that uh at least everybody else thought that they uh thought that they needed um i will segue over to you charlie because the sends are in this in limbo phase but um they also added Jacob Chikrin. So I'm just going to let you uh, just say whatever you want to say about the Ottawa Senators right now. Um, because, yeah, it was uh, it was a very interesting time uh, over there in uh, in, in Canada with uh, with the uh, Ottawa Senators. Dude, I'm just thrilled <laughs> by the fact that the Sens are in limbo. Honestly, the team started. It was uh, what was it? I think it was November 24th. The Sens were 6-12-1 on the season. Since then, they've been playing at a 103-point pace. That's so, crazy, dude. That's nuts. So, that's crazy. Like, just the fact that the Sens are in limbo and not like in the middle of the Bedard sweepstakes is just fantastic. Um, so they did, de- yeah, like like I think I don't know if you can slap, you definitely can't slap like the 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 label of buyer on them just because like oh, I, well, they did make a move today. Patrick Brown, I want to say, like the fourth Brown, and I don't know how many. The, the Sens just always have to have a Brown on the roster. I'm convinced. Gotta have a Brown. Have yeah. to. Um, but I love, I love the the moves um, this season, like um, because Chikrin, as much as Chikrin was a buy, like it's a buy with the future in mind, right? So, um, uh, I don't know how many episodes ago this was, like. Maybe about a week ago, I was talking to uh, to my co-host Maude, who unfortunately can't make the stream today, and I was I, I was saying um, how I would love like a, a debrinket esque trade for a defenseman in the off season, because at the time I was so debrinket comes to Ottawa for a first, a second, and a third. Granted, that first is a top ten pick, um, but I was thinking like oh, I'd love to see like maybe a move like that for a young defenseman. 
um, with maybe not even term, but just at least, you know, an RFA with some team control available. And I didn't want, I don't think I really ever said Chikrin in that mind, in that, because I, I didn't once think, oh, that first, second, third type of price is going to get Chikrin. No way, right? Uh, <laughs> ends up being a first in two seconds, which is great. But <laughs> it's it ends up being ex- almost exactly a Debrinka trade. Debrinka, when he came in, was 24. He turned 25 midway through the season, 24 years old, just trading draft picks for him. Chikrin, 24 years old, just moving draft picks for him. I just assumed that that, that top four defenseman move that everyone knew Ottawa wanted to make would be coming in the offseason rather than the deadline. I think we all just kind of assumed, all right, so the Coyotes are just going to let Chikrin get his no-move clause coming into this coming offseason, and they're just going to get even less for him. But I'm I'm thrilled that the Sens are just the fact they're in limbo and still making moves like this. Um, I'm glad that they didn't go all in on, say, like a Klingberg or something, you know, just trying to make a move for this season and then – know for a fact that whoever they acquire isn't coming back next year um so yeah i think you know it, it they can the sense can make the playoffs but i am thrilled with the fact that not only is management thinking of this year but it it honestly feels more like next year is the year um which i don't mind because we're in march and watching meaningful hockey that is a lot of fun um uh, which for the first time in so long in ottawa it's funny you say that. My brother is a, is a diehard Sens fan too, and that's the first thing he said to me yesterday. Was it's crazy that we are able to watch meaningful Sens games at this time of year after everything, um, after Chris Kunitz put the Ottawa Senators franchise into a spiral off of a knuckle puck. That name, dude. I, I just felt like a shiver in my <laughs> spine you just say his name. Ugh, Chris Kunitz, the three time, four time, three time. How many cups did Kunitz win? Two um, with the Penguins, was or was he... he after the first? No, he definitely won all three. Producer Rob, I need to know. <laughs> I need to know. I'm I'm, I'm never gonna. Also, I, when I, when was Kunitz on the Ducks? Because I have a that's very what bad I mean. Feeling right now, he, I have no, he a did, very he, bad he feeling. Did, he won a cup with the Ducks before and he came to Pittsburgh. When was he on Tampa? Did he win with Tampa? Or was that before oh, Tampa? Oh, was I forgot winning? that happened. It's yeah. like, yeah. Either way, Chris Kunitz is uh, everyone's nightmare except for a select few fan bases. Four um, Stanley Cups is is how many is how many Chris Kunitz won. Thank you, producer Rob and uh, and Kaya. Um, crazy, crazy, like terrible. and and a gold medal, Olympic gold. Um, anyway, yeah. this isn't this isn't game over, Chris Kunitz. This is great game over trade <laughs> deadline. I wanted to uh, follow up with you, Charlie, because I think it was really important. Uh, when Jacob Chikrin became an Ottawa Senator, just how much he loved becoming an Ottawa Senator. I think that's super important uh, for Ottawa. Um, his Historical family, for the franchise, right? Right? It's like, how many, and I mean this respectfully, how many people are thrilled to move to Canada, Ontario? Probably not very many. Well, the only <laughs> one I could think of that had a great, a great quote and is actually very uh, topical today was when the Sens acquired Vlad Mesnikov, uh, he said from the Rangers, he said he was very uh, excited. For a fourth round pick, by the way. <laughs> but he said he was very excited to be able to use his car. So that's where Ottawa was at up until like that, that's like the glowing reviews of becoming an auto senator guest. So, yeah. and also uh, earlier today, uh, Jacob Chirkman posted a photo on his Instagram story of him and his grandpa crushing Caesars. I so saw <laughs> like he's, he's like, it's so cool uh, for the Sens to have a player, like such a big name player 
to be so happy to be coming to Ottawa. Cause I think the last time I heard of a big name player being like, I want to go to Ottawa was Gabe Landeskog in his, uh, in his uh, draft year. Uh, because he had played at the Bell Capital Cup at the uh, Sens Plex yeah, as yeah. a kid, and he grew up loving Daniel Alfredson, right? And so everyone's like, okay, well, the Sens are like in 29th place. Landis Cog's landing right around there. Sounds like he would love to go to Ottawa. And then Craig Anderson happened. So uh, Sens then <laughs> skyrocketed <in laughs> Sensed. The, Sensed. all the way up to all, all the way up to sixth place. But yeah, I think I think, and that's honestly just I think it's just because like you know Swedish kid loves Daniel Alfredson and had played in Ottawa, and which was like you know a core memory as a kid going to play a tournament abroad. Which so it's like it's it, it's the closest co- uh, comparable that we have. And it's so different at the same time, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think this whole the whole chicken being thrilled to come to Ottawa and being closer to family is is, yeah. I think it's it's a big deal. It's a really hey, Br- big deal. I, Brady, I'd be thrilled to I'd be thrilled to go anywhere if I was uh, playing with the Coyotes. To be honest with you, but uh, <laughs> well, that my my follow up for you, Brady, just had, was... just, got to, just got to prod you a little bit there. <laughs> my my follow up yeah. for you is how does it feel that nobody wants to go play in Winnipeg? <laughs> You don't have anybody knocking. Uh, I can't. God damn it! I can't wait to go play in Winnipeg. Well, I mean, we. I mean, we, we've had one instance where someone was actually like, "Hey, I'm I'm excited," and actually like waived their no move clause, which was, of course, the the Paul Stastny deal that happened in the 2018 uh, right. 2018 run, and and that was fantastic. Like that was. Uh, so nice to have a player be like, see the value of uh, of playing for a team, and you know, I think the you know, no one wants to play in Winnipeg thing is kind of overblown. Um, but I also understand why everyone says it. Uh, I think it's overblown because uh, I, I hate to break it to you, but winning changes a lot of things. Um, I know we're not a, a like CFL podcast or anything like that, but uh, the Bombers win a lot of games and, uh, and a, a lot of players want to come and play for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. P- players who uh, grew up playing football in, uh, in Florida and they're more than happy to come here and play for a winning team. Um, so that's really where my frustration lands with it is because uh, I think the Jets could be doing a lot more uh, to, to actually, you know, attract free agents to come here. I mean, you know, I'm just going to say, and, you know, look, Edmonton is just as cold of a place as Winnipeg is, and actually, if not colder sometimes. Um, and, you know, you see guys in free agency going, oh, I want to go play with Connor McDavid. Um, you know, obviously we don't have a Connor McDavid here, but winning changes a lot of things. And um, again, just kind of returns back to my frustration with the lack of uh, of movement here, uh, lack of of, uh, of a big swing. Because right now the Jets kind of need to prove to a lot of guys uh, a reason to stay here. Again, Connor Hellbuck. Connor Hellbuck is the complete window for this team. If he's gone, you you might as well be selling immediately, right? right. Um, so you know, not getting every, uh, getting many, like not getting a scorer at the deadline here doesn't really bode well for uh, you know selling Connor Hellbuck on this is a winning franchise. Same thing with PLD. Uh, I've been a firm believer that. Uh, you know, if the Jets are one of the best teams in the league this year and look like it going forward, that PLD might be a little more uh, willing to stay here. But um, alas, here we are. We sit, you know, Winnipeg is Winnipeg. And you, that's why we trade for guys with term um, and maybe a reason why we didn't go after a guy like JVR. But uh, it's certainly frustrating. I can say that that uh, for least. I hope you. Yeah, I hope that you and 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 listen everybody from Winnipeg gets your Jacob Chikrin moment. Um to quickly touch on the Flames being in limbo. Yeah, 
they're just kind of there. The Flames are stuck in perpetual mediocrity hell. They have been for quite some time. I don't want to waste anybody's time really talking about it too much. Um, too good to be bad, too bad to be good. They were definitely not going to be buyers. They And I didn't think they were going to be buyers. And then they were like low-key quiet buyers. Um, they did improve very slightly. Uh, in a time where I thought, and a lot of other people thought that maybe perhaps, uh, maybe not some of your pending UFAs, but some of your two-year out pending UFAs um, could fetch you something the same way that Nino Niederreiter, who has a little bit of term left after this year, uh, fetched a second round pick uh, from from Winnipeg. So I thought maybe somebody like Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, Tyler Toffoli, I know producer Rob would have loved to see him uh, wearing, uh, wearing the blue and white there in Toronto, but... Um, I thought for sure that something like that would have happened. We didn't get any of that. Instead, we got uh, a swap, a Richie brother swap, the first time in NHL history that brothers have been traded for one another. Uh, and Troy Stetcher comes in. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Flames do down the stretch here, uh, knowing that they didn't really improve or they didn't really get worse, but they also didn't capitalize on a market where you probably could have got something for your two-year out uh, UFAs. Okay, guys, great stuff. This has been a lot of fun. Um, thank you both for for being on here. We're going to come back to you guys in a little bit, but first, let's throw it back to the panel. It's all down. All right, we're back with the panel, breaking down what we just heard from our good friends, Charlie and Brady, uh, hosts of Game Over Ottawa and Game Over Winnipeg, respectively. But before we do that, hey, guys, want to bet? Yes. They get in on the action with Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Or if you're in the province of Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of your screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. And if you or anybody you know has issues with gambling or struggles in that regard, please be sure to check the show notes for resources there for you to reach out and get help. Okay, guys, uh, we just heard from Charlie. We just heard from Brady and myself about the Calgary Flames. We're not going to talk about the Calgary Flames as much as I'm sure Aww. Avery wants to get his licks in. And I'm sure Kaya <laughs> wants to get her licks in. And you got uh, Troy Stetcher. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, and Lauren wants to get her licks in because they have Brody and freaking Geo. Listen, and, and... listen, the Leafs are not good near mountains. We've established that now, right? <laughs> Edmonton, guys... Cal- even Calgary game was tighter than it probably should have been. <laughs> just wait for tomorrow. That's true. Yeah, you, you just wait till you play the Canucks. Um, but I guess, Avery, I'll let you get your licks in if you want on me or or Charlie or uh, Brady. But uh, just tell us what you thought about uh, the Flames, Sens, and Jets uh, at this deadline here. Uh, you know what? First of all, I will get my licks in on yes, because you like to get your licks in on me as a Calgary as a Calgary guy talking to the Edmonton guy. So Calgary right now is a team in which, you know, I remember start of the year, people were saying, oh, Calgary's going to be in the playoffs. They mean a cup final. They're gonna do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. And now they're probably not gonna be a wild card team in Western Conference. As you search for your plastic bag to over your head again, your pure bag. There we are, it is. There it is. <laughs> you had to know he would make an appearance. Absolutely. But this is a team in which, you know, deadline day, I don't know what Brad Living and Girls are gonna do going forward, but. It would not shock me if next year there's a new coach behind the bench in Calgary. I think the Sutter tenure part two is coming to an end. It's clear that his style of coaching is wearing thin on guys. It's clear like Gerald Sutter is the kind of coach where there's an expiry date. 
on how he is behind the bench. And screw getting that yeah. deal again. I could see that running out next year. And even for Brad Living, I'm not sure what his next steps are, considering, you know, the offseason he had and now the trade deadline he's had. The Flames should be better than they are, and they're not. And that's unfortunate. But going to Ottawa, you know what? Good on Ottawa, though, getting Jacob Chicker. Good for them. That's a piece I wanted to see Edmonton, though. Ottawa gets him for, you know, a ham sandwich and, you know, a can of Sprite. That's good, good, good moving on Pierre Dorian's part. That's good eating for your food takes. <laughs> what? What? Wow. Food takes on there. You will see light. You need some water for that burn? <laughs> the FDPN. My food takes are elite. They are A1. You all see light my food takes. <laughs> oh, we, we do it out of love. We do it out of love. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll get uh, I'll get Kaya and I'll get Lauren. You guys can break down what we talk about next, but we are going to pivot here uh, and bring in. Well, Avery's going to stay. We're going to pivot right away, and we're going to bring Dennis in, uh, and we're going to talk some Edmonton Oilers. And if Holland uh, did enough, if the Oilers are content where they are, what went out, what went in? Oilers talk coming up next. All right, I feel outnumbered here. I don't really like the situation I'm in. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I need help. Uh, hopefully there are some flames fans in the chat <laughs> that can help me that can back me up a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, here we are two Oilers people, one flames person to break down how the Edmonton Oilers did. Welcome back, Avery, who has been here on the panel. You've seen him before. And Dennis, the other co-host, one of the other two co-hosts of game over Edmonton. Dennis, before we go any further, how are you, man? Doing well, doing well. Hey, it was a sleepy day in oil country today, but we got everything we needed done. We did our yeah. shopping early. We made our lists. We're right. We're right there. We're here and we're ready to go for it. Yeah, you guys certainly did uh, get your work done early in, in oil country and uh, that place that's a little bit dumpy up the highway too. there. Um, but yeah, you guys got your work done <laughs> I got to get my licks in, man. There's two of you here and one of me. I got to try to get as much as I can in uh, in this segment here. Uh, but you guys did, uh, you know, you did some, you did make some moves. And uh, Avery, I'll start with you. Did the Oilers at this point, like based on what they brought in and what they, what they uh, lost, did they get what they needed at the trade deadline? Did they do enough? Uh, Avery, like I said, I'll start with you, please. You know, this was, I said before on a different show yesterday out in Toronto, that this was Ken Holland finally showing the level of this team has to win right now. There's no more waiting for 2026, 2027, 2028. The window's open right now. So I like that. I know some people are saying, you know, oh, you know, it was overpaid to bring in guys like Luke Stad. It was too much money to bring guys like Ekholm. But, you know, end of the day, picks are picked, whatever, whatever. You want to find a way to win right now. Matisse Ekholm makes your team better. Right now, watching him play against the Leafs, he almost scored his first shift. He made great passes against Toronto. This is the kind of guy you need on the back end to help out Darnell Nurse and anybody else going forward. So that was a great deal of bringing him in. And then you bring in Nick Bukestad from Arizona, someone who will be a great depth addition at forward, great faceoff guy. You can bring him in on the penalty kill. So I'm I'm satisfied with what Ken Holland has done. You know, I'm over. I'm usually very harsh on Ken Holland, but I will give him credit right here where it's due. He had a good trend deadline day. I would give him a solid B in terms of his move over the past couple of days here. It seems like, to me at least, like last year, the Oilers, I don't know, I can't remember, but it didn't, I don't think they did a whole lot at the trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't 
they, it wasn't they brought in the legend Derek Brassard. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, how could I forget <laughs> Derek Brassard? Uh shout out Derek Brassard who just played his thousandth NHL game the other day uh for the Senators against the Rangers. That's pretty cool. Uh and and to top that off, they're going to be honoring that in Ottawa when they play Columbus. Like talk about everything coming full circle for Derek Brassard. Um but enough about him. Uh it wasn't as, you know, sexy if you want to say as a deadline as it was this year, there weren't many big and and the Flames. On the other hand, brought in obviously Tyler Toffoli last year. Uh, Kali Yarncroke was was a was a piece we thought was going to work. <laughs> My God, um, but they switched this year. They they decided like Ken Holland was like, hmm, maybe I should do what Brad did, and then Brad said, hey, maybe I'll just uh, take an extended nap and just hibernate. Uh, or maybe he was at Boston Pizza having pizza bread with his dad or something. I don't know what 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 Brad Living uh, was doing. Uh, this trade deadline, but it's not about the flames. It's about the Oilers uh, for once. Um, Dennis, I mean, I want, I, I need to get your take. Tell me, tell me, tell me how it feels. Let's how be honest. Feeling? There's, there's only one team in Alberta that has shown they know how to build rebuild. And that goes for teams and arenas. You know, we're oh, right ooh, now. <laughs> we're ooh, in it. Talk. There were 10 years <laughs> where we were suffering. Being an Oilers fan was just terrible. And now it's our turn. I I, I don't mind if people want to go after us. You know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, it's all about those guys. So what? We got those guys because we had to tank for so many years. And this time, you, you know, it wasn't as sexy last year, but we made it far. And this year... I think everyone would agree that this is a Kenny Holland master class oh. year. Because <laughs> the math on this man's brain, bringing in 4% retained on Matthias Ekholm, just enough to bring in Nick Bukestad at a 50% retention. And now we have zero cap dollars. That's amazing. 22-man roster. I'm I'm all for it. Rip it and rip it. It's playoff time. Yeah, that that's impressive, and I and I didn't think about the four percent retention there on Ekholm. At first, I was like, "Really, four percent?" But you knew damn well behind the scenes he was crunching them numbers. He had the he had the Steve Dangle calculator phone out, uh, phone to his ear, sixty nine thousand four twenty, uh, <laughs> trying to crunch the numbers and make sure that okay, the four percent retention on Ekholm is going to mean we do. You, you know that that gif or jif however the hell you pronounce it of uh uh is it alan from the hangover zach galifianakis's character where he's like counting cards in the casino and it's just all the numbers floating around his head that was kenny that was kenny hall and uh this trade deadline crunching them numbers and making sure that he remains cap compliant while obviously bettering his team at home i will fully admit has fit in seamlessly he looks great um and i don't like to i don't like to praise the Oilers too too much so I'm not gonna get too uh too you know preachy over here about how good the Oilers are um but Bugstad seems like it was uh it was a pretty solid move and I think Oilers fans for the most part weren't like super advocating for it but enough that you know a lot of people were happy with it Avery uh what's the feel around the market uh of in Edmonton bringing in Nick Bugstad I would say right now, right, people feel it's a, it's a smart move that can help out the forward core, even though the main um, main desire was, of course, helping at the back end. Maybe you said someone who has proven Arizona, he can be a solid third or fourth line addition. And that's the kind of guy you need right now. I, I like the fact that Oilers weren't, first of all, 
thinking our priority is the fourth line. The fourth line, third line should be your secondary matter. I like the fact that we'll put that secondary as compared to most years, where that's their main thing to go and get. But no, mm-hmm. Big Sad is someone who will give you 25, 30 points a year, give you depth scoring. I know he was called, hilariously enough, he was called Long Derek Ryan because he's six foot six. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I like to move a lot, though. He's someone who I think will be a, an asset come come the postseason. I think, I, you know, put maybe an unsung hero when you need a goal to lay the game. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Dennis, uh, to follow up on that, anything on Bukestad? Honestly, we were looking for a guy to just make sure our bottom six doesn't get caved in. Mm-hmm. We we have some great players down there. Derek Ryan's having a fantastic year. Forever Devin playing Derek Shore. Ryan. <laughs> University <laughs> of Alberta. Golden That's true. Bear, Golden Derek Bear. Ryan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, Devin Shore, he's been up and down between the AHL, Bakersfield Condors, and Edmonton Oilers. We Bringing in Bukestad is just an extra player that, Hopefully, we'll be able to contribute, pop in a couple goals during the playoffs, and most importantly, not get hemmed in, right? You know that if the Oilers are going up against anybody in the Western Conference, whoever comes out of the East, they can outscore them. The problem is, can they hold on to their leads? Mm -hmm. You sure you're not talking about the Calgary Flames? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, sorry. We're not talking about making the first save of the game. That's right. Sorry. We're talking about uh, finishing. Um, A good point in the chat from our friend Dylan, who's watching along. And shout out to everybody who's watching. 192 people. That's pretty damn impressive uh, to choose and and listen to us talk about the trade deadline. So shout out to everybody watching. Thank you for tuning in. Um, But Dylan says, I also want to shout out Cassian for singing the praises of of Edmonton to Nick Bukestad. And... I don't know what praises he was singing about the city of Edmonton, um, but holy, it must have been uh, a hard sell for Buge- uh, for uh, Bukestad to be happy about going to that uh, that freaking. Uh, I'm not going to harp on Edmonton too much. I'm just I'm just digging my own grave because you guys are just going to come back and clap me, slap me in the in the face with both hands, and tell me I'm an idiot and say that my arena is crumbling and all that fun stuff. Um, but it's a good point. Does How does that hit you in the feels as an Oiler uh, person or or someone who's covered the team, Avery? You know, as someone who grew up with many years, people say, you know, ah, oh, what's Edmonton? Edmonton is, you know, it's, it's A, B, C, D, it's boring, nothing to do there, it's only a mall, it's only this and that. First of all, those narratives are like 25, 30 years old. Like, you've actually ever been to the city in the past five years, you'll see those are very old tropes about the market. But it's nice compared to when players were openly saying, I'm not, not going to go there. I refuse to go report whatsoever. So if I see a guy like Cassie and think the praise and say, hey, you know, I, I played Edmonton. I spent time there. I lived there. It's a fun city. You'll love it. And and um, Bukes himself said in the presser on Zoom, he's from Minnesota, you know, don't chalk him too much being a Minnesota boy. So I like, I like the fact that Cassie gave him praise on the market compared to years earlier when guys would really only trash the city. Yeah, I, look, I like to get my licks in on the city of Edmonton. <laughs> it is a very nice place. I've been I've spent a lot of time in the in that city. Um, White Ave is a ton of fun. Um, I and Jay Money saying Edmonton greater than sign Calgary uh, just simply because <laughs> Beer Cade is three that, gator. That's, that's that's three greater than signs. There, there's. Oh, there's three. Yeah, sorry. My eyes are deceiving me. Uh, my bad. But simply saying that Beercade is better than Cowboys. Beercade is awesome. I love that place. Um, I also love Daddio's on White Ave. I don't know if you've Amazing ever food. Incredible food. What The only food take that Avery and I will agree on is that Daddio's is... Uh, 
<laughs> is is the place to be. I go there every time I am in the city of Edmonton. Okay, um, before I praise your city too much and everybody starts thinking I'm an Oilers fan, uh, I wanted to bring up the the kind of like uh, funny part about this whole uh, trade with the Preds that brings in Eckholm, and that's power play merchant Tyson Berry. Uh, having a pretty good year and is shipped to Nashville in the trade for Matthias Ekholm. Dennis, I'll start with you. What were your initial thoughts shipping out uh, Tyson Berry? Well, there was a lot of speculation about the power play, how it would work, how it would function without that power play merchant Tyson Berry. But (laughs) let's be honest, when you have a power play that's Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and then probably Zach Hyman in front of the net, whoever play whoever's playing that point spot they just got to make a pass that's it and yeah. we have a bona fide guy named evan bouchard and he's gonna take on a major step now it's that time in his career he's about to sign his contract out of elc uh it's it's great to see that the team is rewarding him with a little bit more ice time especially on pp1 I'm hoping that we can still get him at a decent contract, maybe something long-term, but it's all, it's all fine. Don't worry about the contract. What was more jarring for me was the fact that Tyson Berry is such a great guy in the room. He's well-liked. He's well-liked in the city. Uh, It's tough to see a guy like that go, but you got to make your team better. And that, that trade TS at home makes your team better. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely does. And, and a good point here, uh, you brought it up, but a good point in the chat as well from Ky- uh, Wise Kyle 0800. Uh, sold Barry high when you have an up and coming Barry and Evan Bouchard. But you would, would both of you agree with that? Totally. And I totally Absolutely. agree. On, I totally agree to the point, you know, selling high. You two times rollers that you have been known to sell low by high. Like that's when you got to, you know, again, great points on um, death, man. You know, great guy. Great guy to power play, but you know what? When you want to get something back in value, you got to sell high. And he did that. So that was a great part. You always um, imagine to, to do that. Yeah, uh, I I would agree. And I think the the the, the funniest thing uh, about the Tyson Berry thing was, did you guys see the video of him when he <laughs> was introducing him, yeah, introducing himself to all of the uh, all the Nashville Predators? It's rough. You're going from a contender down to a team that sold. Uh, I I wish him the best. It looks it looks like it's a little dour environment in Nashville right now, but it's warm. So hey, you got a couple seasons in a nice climate, and I I wish nothing but the best for the Barry family. Yeah, it's got to suck going from a team, and this is going to hurt me to say, like the Edmonton Oilers, who could contend to a team like the Nashville Predators, who are very clearly selling off and not going to make much noise. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, I mean, as a player, that's got to feel pretty bad, right? Like imagine getting traded to like the coyotes right now from a contender. That's tough. I not mean, good. Like here, <laughs> the other thing too, is, uh, Michael Kesselring who went to the Arizona coyotes and returned for Nick Bukes that he's, he's playing there tonight. Mm-hmm. Like he he's gonna get right into the lineup from the AHL. So I've never heard of this man before in my <laughs> life. <laughs> Kessel ring. I thought that was when Phil Kessel freaking won the Stanley Cup and put some hot dogs in it. No, it's yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny, right? We'll we'll speculate on what's going on in Arizona another time. But 
Yeah, it's very difficult for these trades to happen. And you, you also feel for the other guy that went from Edmonton, Jesse Pugliarvi. Yeah. Going mm-hmm. from a team where he was finally starting to gel with the guys. They were taking him out for dinners. But $3 million on the cap, that's just not something the Oilers can afford for this playoff push. And word on the street is he's probably not going to re-sign here. I know Kenny Holland tried, but it's likely not going to happen. We just have to wave that chapter goodbye. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate, but you know what? It pains me to say it. You guys, the Oilers did some good things. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out down the stretch. Gentlemen, thank you so much for this. Uh, We're going to throw it back to the panel. We'll break down what we just talked about, and then we'll move on from there. All right, so I was able to get that conversation out about the Edmonton Oilers and kind of praising them without melting and, 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 uh, and, you know, it irks me. Like I feel kind of dirt. Like I should go have a shower or something or rinse my mouth out with Listerine. Um, but either way we got through it um, with only a few uh, food take discussions between myself and Avery for, if, if you know, if you know, you know, um, <laughs> Kaya, I'll start with you. Um, let's just hear your thoughts on Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton's certainly an interesting because there's been the narrative for the last few years of the West is wide open and Edmonton is certainly trying to make their play to be that the Western team in the Stanley Cup final. I do believe they have a good shot if um, their defense can keep it together. They obviously have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, you know. Who are they? I've never heard of them before. Who, who are they? Like, they they don't they don't terrorize, like, our teams in our division at all. Um, and then if Stuart Skinner... Jack Campbell maybe uh, can hold it together in net. Um, I do think they have a good shot. They made it to the Eastern Conference Final. I guess they got swept by the eventual uh, Stanley Cup champion in Colorado. Yeah. But Colorado was a bit diminished this year. So I feel like Edmonton making these moves um, for Ekholm and Bukestad. Bukestad? Yeah. Bukestad? Yeah, okay. You're doing great. It's, it's yes. odd. Okay. Um, it's a little funky. I like it. Um Yeah, making those uh, deals just kind of get the team more, uh, prepare the team more for the playoffs. Um, But I will miss Yessi Pugliarvi. Yeah, they definitely don't get much worse by making those moves. Um, Actually, you bring up Stuart Skinner. I got a good Stuart Skinner, a funny Stuart Skinner story. Uh, But before that, lots of people in here right now. I I count 151, but my math Julian McKenzie is in the chat right now. She is. Julian's here. What's up? Um... Yeah, that's great. Great to see Julian. Um, but yeah, if you're in the chat, please like the stream. The, do us a solid. If you're liking what we're talking about, liking the breakdown and the analysis, uh, give it a like, share it on social media, and uh, let's get some more people in here to uh, to to bear witness to this incredible uh, Avengers Endgame style crossover. <laughs> uh, or if you're old enough to remember That's So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana, um, that kind of crossover oh. as well. Hillary um, Duff represent. Just, just, just old enough. Just old enough. Yeah, I was going to say that might be a little bit before your time. Yeah, I'm glad that you caught the reference. Um, The Stuart Skinner story. He played in the WHL for, I believe it was Lethbridge. Is that correct, Avery? The Hurricanes? Do you Uh, you recall? uh, Swift Current. Swift Current? Okay. So either way. Um, my fiance is from Medicine Hat. They obviously big Tigers fans. She went to all the games and, uh, she said every time they'd come to Medicine Hat, they would hold up the sign like Stuart Skinner hates puppies or Stuart Skinner eats craft dinner with a fork or, you know, Stuart Skinner, like all those. And I just thought it was funny that people did that. And, uh, 
I can't remember which NHL or uh, MLB pitcher it was that always had those signs held up for them. But it's funny when 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 things like that happen and fans have uh, a bit of a um, you know funny side in in terms of their chirps. So, um, okay, I guess we heard from Kaya Lauren quickly on uh, the Oilers. Tell me tell me your thoughts about uh, about the beautiful town of Edmonton, city of Edmonton. Sorry. Listen. <clears throat> There is there is no denying the fact that Edmonton changes what they look like by by acquiring Ekholm, right? We're all in agreement in that. Even yep. though not, even um, though unfortunately the only person in this chat right now that is a fan of Edmonton is Avery. You know, Dennis said in there the Oilers fans were suffering for ten years. Oilers fans wouldn't know suffering if they overpaid for it on the concourse with their beer. <laughs> you don't know suffering. Wow. You wouldn't know suffering if it poured beer on you. Your overpriced beer. Don't talk about suffering. Look what you got. <laughs> Listen, the Leafs have Matthews and Marner. There's no denying that. Don't say you're suffering. That makes me suffer. That chaps my ass. That's what that does. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Period. Mic drop. Mic drop. Whatever you want to say. Oh. Good, good, good work. Um, that was great. Uh, we're going to we're going to segue because I can't really follow up to that. That was incredible work. Um, all right. So our next segment. I'm going to finally take a bit of a breather here because I'm getting sick of hearing my own voice. And I can only imagine how everybody watching this feels. Uh, Lauren is going to host the next segment and it's titled all about the Leafs because everything goes back to the Toronto Maple Leafs. She'll be joined by Mark and Charlie coming up next. All about the Leafs. Well, my Atlantic division family, it is time to talk about the center of the universe, which I know you both love so dearly. Toronto. Now, I'm just that's the only trip I'm really going to do, because all honesty, even though I tripped Edmonton just now, I'm actually not a big chirper. And I think, you know, we've all had our our strife and we can all acknowledge the fact that the Atlantic Division is slanted every single way and twice on Sunday. And I just want to say, even though maybe your teams aren't where they where they wanted to be, I'm glad that they're both on the up and up because, listen, our division is better when all of our teams are playing well. And I think that. I think that the Canadians are going to be better next year. I think that Charlie, you made a great point about the fact that the Sens next year are going to be a problem and have continued to become a problem in recent years, getting Claude Giroux and free agency, getting Jacob Chikrin, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see that maybe hopefully the battle of Ontario will come back and hopefully, you know, I hope I actually hope the Sens make it to the second round this year because uh, I think it would be awesome if they made it into the playoffs over Buffalo. Please, please beat Buffalo. I think it would be great if they if the Leafs met the Sens in the second round because I think both of us would just be happy to be there. What do you say, Charlie? <laughs> yeah, but I think I, I think the anxiety of losing uh, against the other Ontario team would kind of negate any enjoyment of winning the first round. I think uh, a lot of Sens fans and Leafs fans are, I won't say sore, sore losers, but I think a lot of us like winning a lot less than we hate losing. I think there's something <laughs> to be said, especially with the, with the Ottawa Toronto early two thousands playoff history. Um, I don't know. No, there won't be any Laleem jokes uh, if that were to happen now. So we'll see. We'll see what direction Leafs fans want to take it. 
Well, and historically, the Leafs haven't played well against teams that they should beat, right? And, you know, with the Suns getting better, maybe the Leafs will start playing them harder, which would be a nice change. Because heaven knows when the Leafs face the Habs, Mark, we still get our we still get our behinds beat. So your asses. Yeah. 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 I already, I already dropped one swear word. So I'm trying to limit it for, uh, hold on, hold on. In this scenario, you put up Lauren, the Leafs are in the second round. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we got to imagine. Everybody can have a dream, Mark. Everybody can have a dream. (laughs) You know what? I don't think the Habs are going to be good for next three, four years. And, and when I see this arms race happening in the East, uh, it's, I think it's actually, a perfect time to kind of tank. Now they they they, they didn't out tank the teams in the West, and Chicago did so much worse. But when you see Ottawa loading up, Ottawa's gonna be good for a very long time. Boston yep. somehow magically is having the best season in NHL history. Florida should be on the up and up. They they got really bad results this year. So when I see all these teams going up, I actually feel like it's a good time to be scrapping the bottom of the barrel a little bit for the Canadians because they they simply can't compete with like lineups that have guys with Stutzel or or Matthews in it right now. So. You know, it's never fun to be on to be covering a team that's tanking. But as tank seasons go in the next two three years, I think it's the right time for the Habs to uh, you know kind of regroup and uh, start anew because essentially they just put in a development system. They just started speaking to their players and having open lines of communication. So everything is changing. It's going to take a while, and I think it's pretty good timing. You're right. Everything is changing, which is why chat the Leafs are going to make it to the second round. And I think <laughs> I think the trades that they have made in the last two weeks does it spark a teensy bit of fear? Where all of a sudden in recent years, oh, the Leafs are soft. Leafs can't play like this. Can't make it in the playoffs. Does acquiring players like Luke Shen and Jake McCabe all of a sudden make you go, ah, maybe, maybe, maybe? Honestly, not in a bashing way, but I, I never thought the Leafs lacked like physical i know that's the the narrative but i mean we watched them against the habs and, and let's be honest i think a lot of it was going on between the two shoulders right here is like for example when carrie price made that save on mitch marner oh my God. that was the end of mitch marner for that series right yeah. so they almost are battling with their own you know not their own demons but their own like their knowledge that they know they have to perform so uh I don't really buy into that idea, but I love the acquisition of Ryan O'Reilly. I like that that Dubas is going for it. And you can't complain at this point. If they get bounced, I think Dubas is still off the hook for the first round. I know people are saying it's his last chance, but he did everything he can to get this team ready. I think so too. And it's more than he's done in previous seasons. You know, the last couple of seasons, the trades that he has made have actually been more than a couple of weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. They actually left a lot of the trades late this year, which was surprising. And I think myself and a lot of Leaf fans thought that there was maybe going to be one more trade today and it doesn't end up happening. We, some people thought it was going to be a goalie. Some people thought it was going to be a left winger. Some people thought it was going to be both. Some people still thought we were somehow going to trade for Patrick Kane up until two days ago. And, you know, I try and be somewhat realistic when it comes to the expectations. I mean, having said that, my team is going on how many how many years is it in the not making the second round? Too many. The answer is too many. At, at least two. At least. Yeah, at least two. At least. <laughs> but it's like thanks to your team. Right? Thanks to so your you're, team, you're, Mark. You're bringing in guys like Ryan O'Reilly, who I think is kind of you know a fresh, fresh slate. Same thing with McCabe. Guys that maybe don't have that in the back of their minds that if you miss a shot, like when you go back to the series against the Canadians, Austin Matthews was a quarter inch from scoring ten goals in that series. You know what I mean? So. 
as much as they're, and I love that, you know, that's why you don't invite Leaf Sands out to drink because, you know, uh, you, you make them pay for the first round because they don't stick around for the second round. But the thing, wow. is, the thing is, right now, I, I actually don't see any kind of weaknesses in their in their lineup. And uh, I really do think all in all, you have to consider the Leafs, even if Boston's right there, I'd consider them healthy contenders for the Stanley Cup. And, and But even if they get bounced, I don't think it's time to destruct, like self-destruct in Toronto. Do like Washington did. You have a good core. Keep it going. Start tweaking. How about you, Charlie? What do you think? Do you think the Leafs have made enough changes or maybe too many changes in order for them to get over the hump finally? I'm going to take I'm going to take my my bias away here and try and be as as honest as I can be. I think I think they're looking better. If you're looking at if you if you look at like the trade deadline season as like a month, I think this compared to I think at any point in the Matthews Marner Nylander era, I think they probably look the best now post trade deadline compared to before out of any previous season. Um, I think the McCabe acquisition especially is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot scarier before Chikrin went to Ottawa, but I still think it's a really great pickup. Um, but what I'm hoping for, because it's looking, pr- it's like I don't know what the odds are at this point. Like ninety percent odds that it's going to be Toronto, Tampa, round one, right? Like it has to be, right? It's basically a lot. So, like neither. Of us so it's not Boston, Boston, at least. Yeah. So here's what I'm hoping. Um, as the I'm putting my my biased uh, Sens fan cap back on now. Um, with the recent acquisition of Tanner, you know, he's going to light the Leafs up, and the then the Leafs are going to spend five first round picks on Tom Wilson. Um, so that's, that's we don't have that many with, first round picks left. So that's true. So the timing of Washington just tearing everything down it matches up perfectly. Like who? Like everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, the Lightning overpaid for this guy. Well, first of all, the Lightning never overpay for anyone because they turn anyone into like Con Smythe caliber performers in the playoffs. But especially this guy who's traded for a first through a fifth for um is gonna light the Leafs up. I can feel it. I honestly I can feel it. even if even if the Leafs win and like the, the lightning core uh is asleep for most of that series, there's just something about the guy that another it's team overpaid Tampa. for performing versus guy the Leafs overpaid for not performing, right? It just it just happens. So um yeah. That said, I do I do still think that the Leafs are I think this is the best trade deadline the Leafs have had in yeah. years. Yeah. Well, I and, think and, so. If there was an award for for best trade deadline, I think Kyle Dubas might win it. Well, because... Washington making that call to sell early is great, but hey man, if you want to ride on the river, you got to go down by the riverboat, so I like that they're going for it. It's just unfortunate that Boston is this ridiculous team that uh, probably Boston might have won the deadline as well. Like they might have improved the most. So I love that teams are going for it even more because the, the the NHL has always been so stagnant, so boring. Oh, you know, let's not try. We're seeing it develop into a league where you're really going for it. And you know what? At the end of the day, a Stanley Cup's all people will ever remember. Like this idea of saving a fourth round pick there and that eh, doesn't yeah. really matter. So yeah. I'm all for it. And it's easy to say right now. But I do know one thing for a fact is that Dubas and Shanahan took that loss. And I'm not trolling now to the Canadians very, very hard. Like they were so disappointed with that. So I think the redemption is on the table for them and uh, you know, they, they're doing everything they can, but they're not going wild either. Like they, they're not spending too many assets. So uh, I, I hate to say it, but I am a big fan of what the Leafs did. And same thing with the senators shout out to Anna and Olivia Melnick for opening up the coffers. It goes to show what Dorian right. Dorian can do 
with a little bit of money. So, uh, you know, I know they're not going to be there long term, but they're my favorite owners right now. Well, thank Just, you both yeah, for saying nice things revamping. about the Leafs. Yeah. Now yeah. we're going to go 20 minutes insulting the Leafs. So, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, go with... first. I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> starting with Will. Don't Kima. make me mute you, Charlie. I'm the only one yeah. that has admin access right I'm going to go get my oh, Doug Gilmore, me. my Doug Gilmore Habs jersey. He's a legend for the Canadians. I don't before, know if you've heard of him. Before Lauren mutes me, Tim Stutz has more goals and points than Austin Matthews. I'm just going to paint um, over all of you. <laughs> no, don't worry. Habs fans love Stutzla. Love them. Love I had to, to get that. Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I I'm, get that out. I'm just glad. I'm just glad that the Leafs made it through the trade deadline without trading, without trading Fraser Minton or without trading Matthew Nyes like everybody thought that they were going to. Mm. I don't know if it'll be enough. You know, there's 20 games left. It remains to be seen. It looks like the the new guys are starting to gel with the older guys a little bit, which is inspiring to see. And, you know, as much as as much as we we crap talk each other and as much as you guys just dumped on me, I think it's good <laughs> for the league and it's good for our division yes. when everybody is competing well. And I kind of like that the West is a joke. Like, I like that the fact that we are all in the hardest division and we can give it to each other that hard because we know that the West is just weak. They can cakewalk to the Stanley yeah, Cup playoffs. It's, it's the and Colorado Colorado West. That's what it is, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's and, it. That- and it makes so much more sense that, like, like I said, this is probably the best deadline the Leafs have had. And it makes sense that they're going all out now because they're looking at the conference, which is nuts. Like the Eastern Conference is stupid, right? So they're yeah. also like it was also rough for like Mark said, perfect time to tank for the Habs. It's perfect. As the Sens are coming up and they're still out of the playoff picture while playing so well over the last four months or, or whatever it is at this point. Like it's just, it's rough timing all around. So I think the Leafs are right to probably be more all in than they have been the last few seasons. Not just because like, you know, I think Dubas could be like, well, like if they don't resign me, whatever, like who cares? Like, I think he, I think that's part of it too. Like he, he, he has the, yeah, yeah. He has like the ability to be all in more so than in the past, maybe, but also just, yeah, just looking at the competition in the conference. Like, I think you have, if you're in the East and you want to make the playoffs, you have to be all in or you're wasting your time. And it's so fun. It's so fun. I I can't wait to sit back stress-free and not care about all of it and watch the chaos. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my god! I'm, I'm experienced. I'm experienced anxiety, like watching hockey for the first time since 2017. It sucks. <laughs> it's awful. Welcome it's... back. We're happy to have you. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you guys for all those kind and maybe not so kind words towards my team. Uh, I hope that all of our teams continue to get better, and I hope we rip apart the West Coast for the next decade. What do you say, fellas? You in? I like the sound of that. I'm just watching the draft. Sorry. I don't, <laughs> that's just that's all that matters now. That's okay. Draft, 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 draft for the draft. future. Well, <laughs> thanks for that guys. And we're going to head back to the main panel now. Is anybody else's ears bleeding? Like are your ears really sore from all that Leafs talk? Also, what is this? What are we talking about the Leafs in the second round for? What? That's happened what? once my entire life. It's not happening. I mean, it could what? happen. It could happen. I I can't wait to prove all of you wrong. It's going to be awesome. I I thought last year was the year. (laughs) I think this year could be the year. I may just be saying that for Luke Shen, but I think this year might be the year. They're not going all. Oh my God, now you sound like a leader. You know what it is? No, no, you know what it is? There's a kindredness between teams with blue and white. There's kindred between teams with blue and white. Definitely. So Avery, you need to be nicer to me. You hear that? You need to be nicer. Wow. Alberta <laughs> isn't real. Get, Never mind. Get, get past the first round, Lauren, then we'll talk. You remember, the, the last time the Leaf got past the first round on your roster was Ron Francis as an active player. 
Ron Francis. I, I, where's he now? He's a he's a GMing somewhere. It's where is uh, where is Seattle. he genuinely? Seattle. Yeah, that's Seattle, right. That's yeah. another blue and white team. <laughs> All the same white old men that just run oh, teams. Geez. It's getting tiring. <laughs> Avery, you know I'm right. I mean, anyways, you're not, you're not lying, Audie. You can bet on that. Want to bet though? Hey guys, you want to bet? Obviously. Oh yeah. Then get in on the action with Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Or in the province of Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Um, If you or anybody you know uh is struggling with gambling there are some resources in the show notes to uh to get out or reach out and get some help so please be sure to check those out if you need to do so okay um i'm sick and tired of talking about the leafs but i'll put my two cents in uh i have a lot of leaf fan friends and i just for their sanity for the sanity of the powers that be at sdpn as well I think that we just need to finally get the Leafs out of the first round. Can you guys all agree on that? I mean, Lauren, yes. obviously you're going to think so too. Avery, Kaya, what do you think? Are we finally going to, do they finally deserve this? They make it out of the first round, but they have to face Boston and get knocked out by Boston. That's my prediction. <laughs> Avery? If, if that would have happened, you will hear Steve scream for an hour straight. Like, Oshawa <laughs> will be crazy. Like, But no, I do think this, I, I do think Kyle Dubas has that enough. To get this team uh, past the first round in terms of the acquisitions, bringing guys like Ryan O'Reilly, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty. This has been a deadline with Jubis real. As once again, Jubis said, "Listen, I cannot fall in the first round again." Because we see, we see the rumors online. You know, oh, fire Dubis, fire Dubis. We're gonna good hockey man. We see how Twitter reacts on Cal Dubis. It's also get a good his last year man. potentially on his contract, right? Oh, there's no Calgary. way they're losing him after this trade deadline. Please come to Calgary. Yeah. And do Please you know what I think it is? No, you Please can have Vancouver. Bruce Boudreaux. You can have Bruce Boudreaux. Um, oh, yeah, you know what I actually think would be great? I think I think the Leafs are going to make it to the second round because we went out and got somebody that used to be on Boston and Nolichari, and we got Luke Shen, who was on Tampa when they won Cups too. So, you know, maybe that's At our back. mini Thanos peace, 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 uh, peace sign glove instead. Mm, okay, yes. Okay, yeah, we'll see. If you Time can't beat tell. him, join him. So we, Luke Shen we stole them. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if Luke you Shen can't luck. beat him, join him. The Marion Hosa way of 2007, <laughs> 2008 between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Detroit Red Wings. And how did that work out for him uh, in those two years? Anybody recall? Avery, you recall those, hey? I do recall, yes. Losing <laughs> one year, going to Detroit next year, and then losing. Like, that was a wow. I feel bad for him. I felt bad for Mary Holston in both years. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. Hey, but uh, I got a question for y'all. How did uh, how did the chicken cross the road? The answer is not to get to the other side, but if you want the answer, tune in, and we're going to segue to that segment coming up next. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to How Did Chikrin Cross the Road? Now... It's not just a whole segment about uh, Jacob Trickran, even though I know Charlie would love to talk about it. I'm going to make it regardless of what you want. (laughs) This was happening. Uh, Regardless. um, Yeah. So Jacob Trickran, obviously now a member of the Ottawa Senators, was a member of the uh, Arizona Coyotes. But we're talking more about the circumstances before he was traded, about trade-related reasons. Um, Kind of when you keep a player out for a certain amount of time because 
for trade-related reasons. This happens a lot closer to the deadline, happened um, in Vancouver with Luke Shen and maybe JT Miller with a falsified injury. Um, happened no. with Jacob Chikrin for <laughs> for many, many games. Uh, Joel Edmondson was capped out, I believe, as well um, in Montreal. Uh, Charlie, first, can you um, discuss, I know you talked about a bit about it before, but can you discuss the Ottawa fan perspective of the Chikrin saga? Well, we've been, as a fan base, I think we've been looking at Jacob Chicken as a perfect fit since, well, forever, but especially since I would say like July or August, like when it was really, really clear, like, oh, the Coyotes are going to have to move this guy. And then, you know, like as the segment's going to be about, they just didn't for a long time. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I, I think for up until maybe maybe 24 hours before the trade happened, maybe 48 hours before the trade happened, there was a long time there with Sens fans just kind of accepted, okay, well, we're out on Chikrin. Like, this team is just, because like, it, it was, it, it got to the point where, where like, I, th- I think, I think the guys on the SDP just said at one point early in the season, like October, they were just like, I right, just kiss already. Like, the Sens were <laughs> linked to Chikrin so heavily for the first, what, three, four weeks of the season, in, as well as preseason, the whole deal um, just didn't happen. Um, and so I don't, I was a little bit surprised by the deal happening. Um, I know a lot of Sens fans also uh, were, were, were surprised, um, but like, so I'll say from a very biased Sens point of view, a reason why I hate, sitting a guy for so long waiting for a trade is that the Sens just make this huge deal ship out a whole bunch of picks granted like you know good price all that but you bring in a guy and you want this guy to help you make a push for a playoff spot and And as good as he is yeah as good as he is and as better as he is than most of the defensemen on the team already even as a like the rustiest uh, Jacob Chikrin is better than a lot of defensemen in the NHL, but you can tell how rusty and how it's been weeks since he's played, right? So um, a, a mix of him not playing for weeks, uh, taking uh, an overnight flight, barely getting any sleep before the game. Like he just clearly he was catching up through most of the game. So I think from that perspective, as, a, as in a, in a, in a more selfish from the fan base point of view, it sucks that, you know, you bring in this really big player who is, completely out of practice and has not played in weeks uh also but like you know from maybe from a less uh a, a less uh, selfish fan base point of view it it sucks for him mm-hmm. like you know as much as he wants to get well, he's trained, out he's of arizona player. So it's not that bad yeah. he's out of arizona <laughs> well I, I, I just mean when, he, when he's sitting in the in the press box you know yeah. for for all that time like as much as he wants out of arizona he's still a he's still a professional hockey player like there's mm-hmm. no way he doesn't want to play um and so just like you know scratching a guy for weeks on end just because like he's an asset that you don't want to lose out the top price available to guess what coyotes you lost the top price available anyway like yeah so it, Steve it just, mentioned got... this in his uh in his video that he posted onto this channel after following the trade and he says like it looks like good on you coyotes and completely agree with him there he he nailed it absolutely it's just, it, it, I think it got to the point that it was unreasonable, right? Like, it, I don't mind the yeah. idea of sitting guys out. And that's one of the reasons we're seeing so much movement. 
I mean, we're at the point now in the NHL, and we've seen other sports where injuries, we've never had better medical staff and better knowledge, better equipment, and there's never been more injuries, right? So clearly there's something up there. So I understand from an mm-hmm. asset management point, there's two issues though. You Let's say you're bringing your daughter to her first NHL game and the stars sitting out, that oh, kind of yeah. sucks, okay? So we have to keep the mind, the, the mind in fans, no, the fans in mind at all points. Like that's why we have the sports league. But at the same time, it's part of the reason this was one of the most entertaining weeks leading up to the deadline, right? So I would propose, you know, if you go over, let's say, kind of like waivers, like 10 games, then there needs to be some sort of fine or some sort of, you know, rule put in place um, by the league. It's just I don't think they're going to tackle it because it's finally getting exciting. But, you know, I like it and I sort of hate it at the same time. Yeah, it certainly needs to be addressed by either the league or the NHLPA, whether it's in the new uh, bargaining agreement in a few years, because it does, yeah, like Charlie said, like that's his job. He's not allowed to do his job. You're right. Like, but if the, the NHLPA, if they didn't like it, you know there would have been a grievance. 100%. That's a, it's Fair. funny because I was thinking about that as well. Why isn't the union coming in here? Well, the union won't do anything until a member triggers a grievance. So... In the, I think if we're looking from his point of view, he was fine with it, but it, it was unreasonable. Let's be honest. It got like comical. And the return was comical when you look back at it, right? Like, yeah, they held out and they got what, like maybe a, an extra second compared to, let's say, like chronic. Like, it's it, it was a bad return, in my opinion, for holding out that long. And Arizona has so few assets that you're holding out one of the only guys that's worth watching. Ah, there's a lot about it that leaves a sour taste in my mouth, but it was fun. So, you know. It's, I don't know where to go with it. It adds a bit of drama, but also you have to think about the fact that, like, why? Like, it was it was a long period of time. Three weeks, yeah. Like, three weeks, yeah. I I remember even a weekend, I was thinking, how is Jacob Tricker not traded yet? And then it doesn't happen until a few days before the he missed, deadline. He missed 11 games. Like that's, 11, that's, that's that's a bit. Well, yeah, because you're like, looking at, that's almost 15% of your season, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a fair amount, yeah. That's Gavrikov was also held out. Oh, um, yeah, and I mean bit. the Canadians, however, they just have their medical staff held out this year, and that all the injuries, like Edmondson, they actually forced the guys to try to come back early. So it's the the opposite. But uh, yeah, to me, there's a health issue in the NHL. If NHL teams or GMs are afraid to put their guys on the ice for a single game, I don't know what it is, and obviously it's hard to speculate. But there needs to be some sort of review of 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 you know the training and and why why are these injuries happening at a point where we have more knowledge and more money and more, you know, technology to, to help these guys stay, stay healthy. There's something going on there. Yeah. And also the whole, there's a lot of it. There's been a lot of issues with medical teams as of late as well. Um, yeah. With players coming back too early. I think Josh Norris in Ottawa, Sean Monahan, Sean Sean Monahan yeah, um, yeah. multiple uh, Dr. Demko was one. Um, Brock yeah. Besser was one this year too. Um, OEL maybe as well. Uh, it's Camel Car in Colorado. It's just been a lot of mishandling on that part. And yeah, yeah I do think that the trade related reasons, I, I understand it, but 11 games, that's like most of an injury reserve stint, isn't it? Yeah, essentially you'd be, you'd have to go back through waivers if you got called up through the AHL at that point, right? Yeah. So like, I, I again, it just needs to be some sort of maybe not a punishment, but some sort of limit, right? Because we put limits on everything. And this is not in the CBA. So 
you know, they'll have to address it. But uh, I do know that Bettman right now probably doesn't care because it's getting them more headlines. You know what I mean? The yeah. more exciting it is, the better it is for the league. And and hockey, it was like basketball, you'd trade all the best players, go from one team to another. And in hockey, it'd be like Jim, Jim Fligman is getting traded in the ECHL, right? That was the deadline. So like there's value to having an entertaining deadline. And I think this has been the most entertaining, not today, but the week going into it, the most entertaining week or deadline week. And that's good for the sport. But yeah. missing star players is not good because these aren't just scrubs. These are the best players getting, well, not the best, but some of the best players being held out. And that's unfortunate. The best playing in a college arena. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah just a bit uh, kind of, is it good for the game? You mentioned the NBA and how the NBA trade deadline. The difference with the NBA is they let players take rest days for games. Load management, NHL, exactly. Load management. Yeah. The NHL doesn't do that as often. Be- because which... we 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 actually put it on. We almost insult them when they don't come back from having a heart attack. You know, it's like, oh, you're not tough. Well, here's the thing: is the rigors of 82 seasons. Even the best vets, they'll, they'll, they're destroyed at the end of their season. Every NHL player I talk to after they retire, they're like, I wish I were to retire three years earlier. I can't move. My knees hurt. So. Yeah, if we stop forcing these athletes to go out with like broken shoulders, because every time I hear a guy says, oh, his foot was broken, but he played. I'm like, well, you idiot. Are you an idiot? Like I would do that, but I'm an idiot. So these are multi-million dollar assets. You have to protect them. There's nothing makes my eyes roll harder than when I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see the friggin' comments like soccer players pretend to be hurt. Hockey players pretend they're not like Mm. shut up. Oh, my God. You're so tough because the sport you like has tougher athletes. What? <sighs> Shut up. Anyway, yeah, no, I'm gonna, it's, I'm gonna it's, turn it's this the, into a whole it, rant. But, it's how um, we've done this with hockey players forever, right? Is we kind of treat them yeah. as robots, like they're, they're 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 you know they're they're almost soldiers to that point. So I think as we move on, teams are gonna gonna realize these are multi million dollar assets that were kind of running ragged. But at the same time, it goes back to the tickets to the fans. If you go to see a game, and that's the argument when, let's say, you're holding out LeBron James. If you go to see a game, a Lakers game, and he's not there, that kind of sucks. If you go see a Sens game and to be holding out Stutzel, that would kind of sucks too, right? So you need to kind of strike a balance there. Yeah, and on that point, uh, as a Sens fan, I've been going to a lot of games where the backup goalie was playing. So if you were ever going to a game because of a star goalie, I mean, I guess it's the closest thing to it. So yeah. but yeah, but yeah, on, on just your a, earlier point about, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to say a lot of people only get to go see one game, right? Like, and it's a big yeah. deal and it's cost a lot of money and hockey's priced out for so many people nowadays. So many families, like back in my day, you know, tickets were literally $9 to go to the forum. I, I hate this idea that we're pricing people out. And then the one time that they come, they might not see the stars because watching a game in person is the best way to fall in love with the sport, become a long time yeah. fan. And so there's that aspect. I really, I you need to keep fans in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just yeah, quickly going back to the uh whole good for the game thing, holding players out. Um, I love the idea that I can't remember what I think one of you said maybe like put a cap on how many games you can sit someone out for like yeah. trade related reasons, right? My concern with that is then like because Kai, you mentioned earlier with a potentially not super real Miller injury, mm-hmm. like how quickly? So, say you say say you're like, all right, Max, you can sit a guy five games leading up to a trade deadline. Like, how many teams are going to start making up fake injuries, and then the league's going to have to deal with investigating? Investigating, like they're gonna be like they're just probably just going to say, fine, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Your player now has an injury, and then as soon as they get traded, 
miraculously uh, able to play for that contender they just got moved to, right? So um, yeah, Kaya had sure. it right at the beginning. You negotiated it in the CBA. You put it in there that players can have, let's say, five games of low management throughout the season. Everyone knows. You can set them up ahead of time. Everyone's happy. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, um, it will certainly be an interesting way to look at it. I feel like the league has more pressing issues, you know, the Arizona money laundering scheme. But um, yeah, that'll wrap up. How did the Chikrin cross the road? Kind of talking about trade relating, trade relation, all that, all that jazz. And we'll send it back to the panel. Thank you for joining us. I remember this one time it was the Stanley Cup. Five. I don't remember which one it was that Patrice Bergeron was in, but talking about load management. This man played with like a bunch of broken ribs and a punctured lung. I think that that was insanity. Like, I mean, you talk about Mark saying, you know, I'd be stupid enough to do that. I don't know if I would be stupid enough to play through a punctured lung, but uh, I digress. I, I do some stupid things and say some stupid things. So maybe I would. Who knows? We we, we don't. We, I guess we'll never know. Um. All right. We're pretty much we're almost at the end of this. I can't believe how long we've been going for and everybody who stuck it out. This has been awesome. I've had a lot of fun. I'm sure uh, my fellow panelists have had a lot of fun. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of everybody. It's been gr a great stream. Lots of great insight from everybody here uh, in the biggest game over crossover event so far. There's still time for that to change, but so far it's been the biggest game over crossover stream. We're going to wrap it up with the contenders table. I'll be joined by Avery, Dennis, Brady, and Lauren. Sorry for everybody else who won't be in there. Uh, that it, <laughs> you're just not a contender. I don't know why I'm, I feel like the three headed dragon meme where like one's goofy. That's me because like, what are the flames doing in there? But I'll, I'll just moderate and have some fun and talk with you. Okay. Contenders table coming up next. We'll have Avery, Dennis, Brady, and Lauren coming up next. Like a typical Flames fan, he thought that he was there when he wasn't. Brady is not in this segment. <laughs> Audie is not in this segment. It is just the four of us. We have two Oilers fans. We have a Winnipeg Jets fan and a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Guys, we all have blue and white in our jerseys, so we'll just get a quick fist bump in there for the blue and white on all of our jerseys. Great to have you here. And I am glad that we are the ones that are representing Canada in this Stanley Cup final on this trade deadline. Moving into the playoffs, how do you guys feel after the deadline? Tell me how you're feeling. Are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you both? Can I just, I just want to say really quickly, I am upset with Adi because he took my meme i'm not even joking i'm i'm looking at it right now i have the dragon meme up on my, wow. my screen this is exactly how i feel sitting here uh again i i i my last segment i did was the in limbo one so uh somehow i am both in limbo and on the contenders one uh despite the jets being in, a, in the second wild card but i had to hop in and just uh give audi a little bit of uh you know let him know that i'm upset with him well, go figure. We're the three-headed dragon of Canada this season, so I'm not mad at that. Dennis, what do you think of the trade deadline? Do you think the Oilers have done enough? Do you think? Do you think, as a whole, not even in the last 12 hours, because there's been some moves, but obviously Matias Ekholm was the big get for you. Um, do you think that that's enough? And and how are you? What do you think is going to happen next? I mean, the needs were clear. The Oilers going into this trade deadline were number one in the league in scoring and number 20 in the league in goals against. So all we needed was to stop a couple pucks. We didn't do it in the net, so we're going to do it on defense. And I love the Ekholm acquisition. Just a gigantic Viking of a man, uh, able to stop pucks, push guys out of the crease. I think it's a strong push. And honestly, normally this wouldn't be enough. I would say this team would fall short of the cup, 
But if you look at the West, the West is so wide open. Sorry, Brady. But there is so (laughs) much room. And the only thing that would potentially stop us is Colorado. I think the Oilers are able to go all the way. I think we're the favorite in the Canadian market. Can I just remind you the fact that the Jets uh, swept the Oilers like two years ago? I just want to remind you that uh, this, Doesn't you know, the, the Jets can the Jets can still play. Um, I'll take this opportunity to give my pitch on why the Jets, why I should actually, why there is some optimism for the Jets. Why you're winning um, the cup? I don't, I don't think that's the case. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I'm not that optimistic. But um, you know, looking at this team, they're they're very much the same team as uh, as they were, you know, back in December when they were one of the best in the league. Uh, so. Honestly, they have added, uh, you know, they've only really tinkered around the edges, uh, but they are a better team than they were back then uh, as far as just pieces acquired. But uh, it's still, you know, it's still tough when you see, uh, you know, a guy like a Matias Hekholm who, you know, we we weren't really looking for D-men, but if we were, it was someone who was going to move the needle. Uh, Matias Hekholm has been whispered, uh, you know, to have a connection to Winnipeg for a while now. So, very frustrating to see him go to the Oilers, but uh, you know, at the same time here, the Jets uh, can play well. And at the end of the day, when you got Connor Hellebuck, anything is possible. Absolutely, and you know, every one of our teams has a difference maker in that way. You know, you guys over in Edmonton, you have not one but two in Leon Dreisel and Connor McDavid. Over in Winnipeg, you got a couple guys up front that can score, but your big guys, Connor, is Connor Hellebuck, which is you know a- another gear altogether. And you know, for the Leafs, we have Mitch Marner, we have Austin Matthews, and now we have a little bit more on defense as well. And you know, I think maybe all of us think that we should have gotten more about. What, what our team lacks, you know, and in Edmonton, Dennis, you're talking and, and Avery will get to you as well. Um, do you, do you, would you trade Ekholm for a better, for a Hellebuck? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to deplete the B again to get a goaltender back. You know, it is, I know there's the issues right now with Campbell and of course, Bruce is holding down the fort, but I don't think it'd be right now to deal Ekholm. That's a guy you hang on to for as long as possible if you're Ken Holland. Fair enough. I, I'm not. I'm not agreeing to that trade. To be very, very, very clear. <laughs> when you said it, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's throw Tampa under the bus. That'll help me lots. Yeah. Um, Dennis, what do you think? Would you swap? Would you swap? Would you swap Connor McDavid? Not Connor McDavid. Would you swap Matias home for Vasilevsky? Oh man, that that is a tough one. Honestly, going into this trade deadline, we knew the defense core needed help. But partially is you have an untested goaltender in Stuart Skinner. He's performed way above where he should, which I think Oilers fans are are so blessed regarding that. Uh, but it's it's tough because in Edmonton, that's historically been one of our weakest points is in net. Uh, ever since you know Cam Talbot left it's kind of hard to find someone who's really able to stick in and be reliable during playoff series. I think Ekholm makes this team so much better, but Vasilevsky, that that would be a dream acquisition. And I don't know what is the rest of his contract is like right now, but yeah, I, if it's Ekholm for Vasilevsky, I'll make that trade. Fair enough. What do you think, Brady? Do you, would you trade? Would you trade? Uh, would you trade Hellebuck for a different goalie if it meant that you could get Connor McDavid? 
Oh, I, I, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, like, um, I, I, I think that one of the things that like having such an X factor like Connor McDavid does is provide you like almost like a bit of, of hope, no matter what the game is. Um, you I know, totally agree. There, there was a game not too long ago here, uh, for the Jets where, um, you know, Connor Hellbuck ended up making like 50 saves in the game. Luckily, the Jets were able to score, but uh, one of their biggest issues is that is that they can't score. And uh, and at the end of the day, it you can have the best goalie in the league. He can allow zero goals. You got to score a goal eventually to win. Um, so like I I think that regardless, the difference maker like Connor David is is a much bigger difference maker than than I would say Connor Hellebuck. But at the same time, Connor Hellebuck can completely save a game for you. So. Uh, it really depends on your philosophy of, you know, what's the most important thing. I personally am a believer that, uh, you know, you need as much scoring as possible and then you can figure it out uh, at the end of the day. Uh, you can figure it out after. And at the end of the day, uh, Grant Fuhr is a, is a Hall of Famer. So, you know, like you guys just need someone to make a couple saves here and there. So uh, I actually think that you guys will do much better this year. I think Ekholm was the right uh the right piece to add for the uh for the Oilers. Uh someone who can just pass the puck up and get it out of the zone, play hard, uh you know, kind of chip in offensively. Um I I would be scared playing the Oilers. That's all I would say. <laughs> and and who knows, we might cuz the Jets are currently sitting in uh in a wild card spot. So we might be one of the teams that uh come over to the Pacific and see what uh we can do over there, but uh, at the same time, the 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 top of the central is within arm's reach, so it's it's going to be an all out fight till the end of the season. It's going to be an exciting for the Oilers. It's going to be an exciting season for the Jets, and moreover, it's going to be an exciting playoffs for all of our teams, regardless of what happens. If you could, if you could wave a magic wand today, which of each of your teams? Let's Avery. We'll start with you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you want the Oilers to face in the first, and if they make it there, the second round? Ooh. Who are going to face in the first round? I will say Vegas because I don't know Jonathan Quick is that good anymore. Like, I know Jonathan Ooh. Quick is old. Jonathan Quick is, you know, not as good as what he was not so just quick three, anymore. four years ago. In LA this year, he has struggled. Give me Edmonton, Vegas. But also, if you're a TNT or an ESPN, you would love a playoff series finally of Big David versus Eichel. You would love that down American TV. Absolutely. Brady, you next. What do you think? Who do you want the Oilers to face? Who do I want the Oilers to face? Not the oh, Oilers, I... sorry. The Jets. <laughs> the, the Jets? There's too um... many of them in here. They're getting to me, man. You got to save me. <laughs> uh, for me, I mean, I think the ideal, uh, the the biggest thing is you want to avoid Colorado. Um, personally, my my I lean towards Minnesota as the ideal matchup for the Jets um since they you know don't seem to have a, a special it factor to them of course they've caprizov caprizov and he's unreal but something about them they don't feel like the strongest lineup um but at the same time i am a little scared to say minnesota because they do have mark andre Fleury, who i will admit not a great season but uh i still have tremors and and nightmares of what he did to the jets in the western conference final back in 2018 so uh, I don't know if I'm uh, shooting myself in the foot by saying I want to go up against Flurry in the first round. Minnesota has been very busy today. They have also had a fantastic trade deadline, and and I don't know. It's it's funny. This the central is sort of starting to heat up now that there's 20 games left. Which where were you a month ago? And while it's been exciting, and while every single one of the divisions cannot be like the Atlantic Division, I think that I think that 
the West Coast is far more interesting of a playoff matchup because we don't know what's going to happen. So um, having said that, Dennis, who do you want first and second round? Give me your best. You know what? For the first round, I want the Oilers to face off against the Seattle Kraken. Not Ooh. for that, not for that matchup. I do think the Kraken should be fine for the Oilers to handle, but I want to see the quick revenge tour. I want to see Vegas and LA just absolutely destroy each other. And then the Oilers, once they get past Seattle, we can just pick off whoever's left. Wow. Man trade man got some extra confidence in the trade deadline. That's what he got. And for the Leafs, I want I want all of it. I I am full of piss and vinegar after this trade deadline. I think that they have done great. I think that maybe there's still a little bit of a question in net, but at the end of the day, Matt Murray has a Stanley Cup ring. And Connor Hellebuck doesn't, neither does Stuart Skinner, oh. neither does Jack Campbell. So you know what? I think if he's healthy, maybe he plays the away games and maybe they trade back and forth. I think that they're going to face Tampa in round one. And I think that they're going to win because Tampa has gone several months longer than any other team, multiple years in a row. And I think that enough trades have been made where they're, it's not so soft with Pierre Engvall on your scary fourth line anymore. Now you get Nola Chari again, which is a, will be a familiar face. And I think that, like I said earlier in the stream, I think that them getting an ex an ex Tampa Bay Lightning player and Luke Shen, and also famous Leaf, and getting somebody that used to be on the Blues who won a Stanley Cup, and getting somebody that was also on the Bruins and won a Stanley Cup. I think we're slowly acquiring a Thanos glove of ex Stanley Cup winners of people who have kicked our asses previously and i think that i think that if there was going to be a year for the leafs to go for it and to get over the hump i think that it's this year and i hope that we get to the second round and we further slay the dragon and beat boston because if we get to out of the first round look out because we're going to ruin all of your dreams and be as pretentious as everybody thinks we are so i can't the wait collapse to see will be funnier Oh well, <laughs> I'll watch your collapse too, and we can collectively high five. Yeah, but let's just hope. Can we all agree? We just hope the cup ends up back in Canada. That's for it's sure. Been too long. Absolutely. Amen, Absolutely. guys. Well, let's throw back to the main panel. Audie's going to be back hosting in just one sec. Okay, uh, before I put a bow on this game over trade deadline coverage, y'all sounded just like Daryl Sutter in saying that you were collecting Stanley Cup champions because you think that's going to help you uh, get to the promised land. But uh, that was that was that was funny. Between that and me almost getting fired for uh, chirping <laughs> Steve in the chat, uh, I think it's time for us to put a bow on the show. Okay, um, this was a lot of fun. I think each and every one of you who watched everybody who hung out with us stuck around. It was a great day. It was a great stream. Um, everybody uh, pat on the back to all our hosts. If you're, if you're the, the ones that are on screen, our panel, um, that was great. I had a lot of fun. I don't know about you guys, but that was certainly uh, some of the best fun I've had so far hosting any game over. Um, we had Kaya who's on screen right now from game over Vancouver. We had Brady from game over uh, Winnipeg. We had Dennis, and Avery from Game Over Edmonton, Charlie from Game Over Ottawa, uh, and Mark from Game Over Montreal, obviously Lauren as well from Game Over Toronto. I would not forget Lauren. Don't you forget about it. Um, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for all of you guys for making this so easy as well. This was uh, this was as seamless as seamless could be. Uh, so kudos to everybody from Game Over for making this uh, a very successful uh, stream. Uh, as well, Extra there's a shout out to Rob. 
Ah, yes. yes. And Rob. Shout out I, Rob. Running production. Who literally, this shit. would not be happening. This would not be happening right now if yes. Rob was not doing the amazingness that he does every day. Rob, uh, I don't know if they can, they, they they might not be able to hear Rob if Rob can make himself hear, heard. Uh, that would be great. Uh, Rob, let me know if we do have you when we do the have Wizard you. The Wizard of Oz coming yes. from the curve. Yes. <laughs> Rob, uh, thank you very much. This was, this was without you, this would be uh, a very, very <laughs> painful <Short> stream. stream. <laughs> yeah, it would not have gone as far as it did. So uh, on behalf of all of us watching, all of us who partook, uh, Rob, thank you very much. Yeah, this was fun. Um, I'm really surprised that you didn't hot mic once. I'm really proud of you. Oh, you had to get that jab in <laughs> as if I didn't take enough of a beating today. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for that. Uh, you can you can swiftly mute yourself now. Thank you for, <laughs> for making me feel like that. No one is um, safe. No one is safe. Uh, no one is safe. No one is safe. And that's what I love about Game Over. Hey, uh, lots of SDPN content, though. Uh, Steve and the boys were recording videos, reaction videos on the channel as well to all of the trades that happened today. Uh, thank you again for everybody who watched. Uh, we're putting a bow on it. Uh, Jay Money, if you're in here, we're putting a bow on the show. Um, thank you for watching. Thank you for uh, participating in the chat. Thank you to SDPN. Thank you to uh, our friends over at Sports Interaction. Uh, on behalf of our beautiful panel of great people and all of the hosts that have been on here for Game Over Trade Deadline, my name is Adi James, bidding you a great night. And until next year's trade deadline, hasta la vista. Hopefully the Leafs don't win the cup. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's just wow. I Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.